welcome to Inside the IC on Federal News Network. Now your host, Justin Doubleday. Thanks for joining us on Inside the IC, a show all about the intelligence community and how it's evolving in a rapidly changing world. My guest today is Dave Gauthier, Director of Commercial and Business Operations at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. His office is at the center of NGA's efforts to diversify the intelligence community's space capabilities by teaming with more commercial suppliers. And Dave, it's great to have you on, and I'd start by asking about NGA's new commercial geoint strategy, which was just released last fall. How is that new strategy kind of driving your office's work going forward? In our office, we pay attention, close attention to the commercial geospatial market, both the imagery providers and geospatial data providers and those providing derived information or analytic services. And we realize there's a huge opportunity space for us to partner more closely with these companies as they grow and thrive and prepare to deliver more solutions that can meet the needs of national security and and others in government. And so because my organization is paying such close attention, this, this all seems obvious to us, but we recognized very quickly that not everyone is paying close attention to the market. Um, There's a lack of understanding uh, just how much these companies are doing in terms of raising capital through investment rounds, uh, providing, you know, deep uh, stacks of data on the cloud and then using artificial intelligence and machine learning to solve problems that are, uh, yes, important to their other commercial business partners and, and customers, but also directly relevant to the federal government. So we initiated this strategy as sort of the, the rallying cry, which we could bring our community together around saying we're recognizing the opportunity and we have some deliberate plans to move forward. And so we're, we're now in the throes of, of initiating sort of the communications to our community of agencies and federal partners to tell that message. And one of the key lines in there is that you're trying to foster a culture of commercial as a primary source for geospatial intelligence. How big of a shift is that? And where do you think NGA is in that shift today? I think this is a monumental shift in culture and thinking across uh, the intelligence community in particular, because we have relied upon government-built systems for imaging and geoint for decades. And uh, yes, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there were one or two commercial companies just getting underway in the market. And so really for the past 20 years, our philosophy has been, our culture has been one of augmenting what we do internally with some additional information that can be procured uh, from the commercial market. And so it's always been uh, government systems as primary source with augmentation from commercial capabilities uh, as, as we could. So the idea now is we're projecting there will be more collection capacity coming from commercial industry because of the numbers of satellites going up and the different phenomenologies they're getting into. And the fact that uh, private capital is funding a lot of this through direct investment and speculation in markets and whatnot, that it's it's a large global market and we should 
sort of flip the paradigm in our thinking and have our, our folks, our analysts and our users think first about what can I use commercial capabilities to solve? And if I can't solve the problem that way, then turn to sort of the, the in-house government systems. Yeah. I mean, it certainly sounds like a huge culture shift. And, you know, is there a golden number that you're aiming for where it's like, you know, success is 75% commercial and, you know, only 25% government in-house capabilities that analysts are turning to in the future? Or I don't know, can you put any number or sort of goals around the big fostering of culture? Commercial is a primary source that you want to achieve? We haven't set any specific numbers like that yet. However, over time, the amount of commercial imagery we've ingested has grown uh, significantly and to the point where it is um, more than a quarter of the imagery that we, we take in comes from commercial vendors now. I foresee that number getting to you know 50%, and that's where we might be able to say now the shift is we are predominantly using commercially provided data as soon as we cross that threshold. You mentioned the explosion of the commercial imagery market, but a lot of that is obviously driven by business concerns, you know, monitoring supply chains and farming. Does NGA and the intelligence community, do you see an opportunity to drive the market here? Are you basically just hitching your wagon to it at this point? I do think we are in a position now to more hitch our wagon to what's going on as far as capital investment, but also steering in a direction that makes sense for our needs in terms of defense and intelligence. Uh, it did start a, a lot with obvious agricultural applications, but that is now turning into um, energy sector, really looking at infrastructure projects and how they can best understand and maximize the use of, of energy and new energy sources on the planet. So, you know, it, if you're speculating in oil and gas, in the past, you've definitely used geospatial capabilities, but now there are people who want to know where do we put solar farms? Where do we put other types of highly intensive capital investment, uh, energy sector improvements in, in our nations? And then urban planners are getting more interested in terms of smart cities um, and self-driving vehicles. And then we're also looking at a, a large upsurge in funding for climate and environmental projects around the world. So there are some companies who are um, fully funding satellite satellites based on charitable contributions that are interested in climate change. And so those are all very new investments that are also propelling our market forward. And when you look at the phenomenologies that are out there, is it predominantly imagery that NGA and the intelligence community are interested in, or are there other phenomenologies that you're, you're also looking at? Well, definitely imagery is our bread and butter right now. So visible imagery, but we're really paying attention to the, the radar imaging market right now, where dozens of companies will launch and operate constellations of radar imaging satellites. There was a change in sort of the financial calculus for those companies in the past five years because of the miniaturization of electronics, some really interesting you know, patents and, and design technologies on radar antennas, 
And then also the ability of, of launch capacity off planet to get small satellites off in big numbers and into orbit. So we'll be seeing hundreds of radar imaging satellites go up over the next two or three years. Um, and so we're really structuring some of our contracts to take advantage of that and bring that information into our analytic users' hands every day. Uh, and the, the great benefit about radar imaging is it sees through clouds and weather. It's all day, all night, all weather. So we have an opportunity for more deterministic uh, sampling and monitoring of the types of facilities and industries that we're interested in monitoring for our purposes. Got it. And one way I understand uh, that NGA is trying to match those a growing set of commercial phenomenologies that are available to analysts who need to solve a specific problem is through a commercial supplier matrix. Can you just kind of tell us where that is at in development, what exactly that is, and, and how it will help an analysts do their jobs better? Absolutely. Now, I mentioned that imagery is our bread and butter, but at the same time, there's there's so much imagery flooding the market now that we really can't consume that information the same way we have in the past. So we are making a fundamental shift towards what we're calling commercial analytic services. And it's this idea that the companies themselves, uh, either the imagery providers or in partnership with analytics companies, will work to extract information from imagery and provide us uh, what I like to call the box scores instead of the game tape, because we have uh, so much information to synthesize at the desk of an analyst who's working a problem. Imagery-derived information will come to us along with other phenomenologies like radio frequency information, other locations-based services from internet-connected devices, social media feeds, et cetera, to, to paint a real picture. With so many different types of suppliers and so many opportunities to pull in what we're calling these services, we really have to provide uh, a catalog of, of capabilities to our user community so they can help make sense of what's the best supplier or product or service to use for any given application. And so we're called that our supplier matrix. And it, the intent is for us in my organization to have the best information or knowledge about all these capabilities out there in the supply side of information services and geoint and then be able to take the requirements we get from our users and do the best we can at orchestrating and matching commercial supplier solutions to the needs of our users. Now, we don't have to do all the matching. We want that catalog to be out there in public use so that it's benefit to anyone who wants to purchase a capability for themselves to try to add value to their mission. And so we, we kind of call that the nation's buying guide for GeoInt as in a sense that we want it to be a useful service to the community. Oh, so this won't be something that's just internal to the intelligence community. This could be, I could take a look at this one day when, it, when it's out there. Is, is that what you're saying? I think there will be some aspect of it available to the public. Right now, we're targeting federal, civil, IC, and DOD users. So U.S. government users who are purchasing commercial geoint for their mission use, because we intend to have uh, information about a lot of companies and their capabilities, and quite frankly, how we've evaluated those capabilities and sort of quantified their, their value to different missions. So in a sense, it will provide a cheat sheet to anyone who is 
seeking to purchase some capabilities and is really unsure of who's out there in the market and what their real capabilities are. Is this something that's available to those federal civilian military users today, or is it still kind of being built? It's still being built and populated today. We do have a community of beta testers to help us understand and make sure we're answering the questions and can anticipate the questions that those users would have when they want to research this information for their own decision-making. We're speaking with Dave Gothier, Director of Commercial and Business Operations at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about how NGA is taking steps to strengthen its relationship with the growing commercial space industry. I'm Justin Doubleday, and you're listening to Inside the IC on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Inside the IC. We're speaking with Dave Gothier, Director of Commercial and Business Operations at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. And Dave, we were talking about how your office is building a commercial supplier matrix to help guide government users and perhaps the public in the future on how they can access different geoint sources of, of information. And I have to imagine this requires a pretty tight partnership with you know the CIO's office and the chief data officer to pull something off like this. Yes, so we've created a you know taxonomy for data about data so that we can actually have very specific database fields when it comes to talking about an imaging system, another type of geospatial data provider, different types of analytic services. So if our mission is to monitor airfields, which is something we're buying as a service today through our economic indicator monitoring contract, we anticipate a lot of users in different sectors would be interested in monitoring what happens at airfields around the world. So if that's a service and we've got a history of buying that service from two or three different vendors, and we can compare and contrast the value of that service and how well their systems or services performed against our needs, we want that information to be out there for the next user who wants to buy a similar service from the commercial community. Will you allow reviews like Amazon from from different uh, users to be on there? How will you get that feedback and I guess kind of bring that forward to other folks? Yeah, we've definitely discussed how to put feedback into the system because it's an essential component to, to doing good business. Right now, we are purchasing on behalf of the community's needs uh, several different types of services. And we do that with a dedicated mission owner who will receive that service for, you know, say a year and work with our folks to conduct an analysis or an assessment of how well that service performs. So in essence, as we're experimenting with all of these new capabilities in the commercial market, we're gathering a lot of information about, you know, was the customer satisfied? Did it meet the need? We're even doing some validation verification of, you know, how well their algorithms may have performed against truth data. And so we, we're amassing a good amount of information so that we can make those judgment calls about who to trust and who not to trust when buying a commercial service. Got it. And, and another issue that I know has cropped up, you know, across the intelligence community is the issue of classification. You know, you're working with commercial suppliers who are in the unclassified world, of course. And I guess you're trying to bring that in to a world that can often be highly classified. How does that affect your work? How are you sorting through issues where 
you know, different types of data are needing to mix? And how does that affect the intelligence products that you can put out using these new sources of information? That's a good observation and uh, definitely helps us with the strategy for using commercial as a primary source of information. If we can look to a commercial source first and use that maybe exclusively to solve the information need or push information out to the customer, that happens completely unclassified. NGA has done some prototyping of doing that in a sense with unclassified mission and helping State Department and others with um, diplomacy in that in that regard. So it's no surprise we we could be, I guess, buying a lot of the imagery access over Europe right now and not sharing that with the community. But instead, we're certainly want some of that information to be out in the public domain. Separately, sharing with partners is key to us. So the fact that we can buy commercial imagery and share it with NATO partners and others in different combatant commands, those are fundamental aspects of dealing with strengthening our partnerships around the world and helping affect end user requirements. Whereas if we take all that in and mix it with classified information and then classify it, it just makes that more challenging. Now, obviously for missions that are classified, we are ingesting the commercial capability and then mixing it with other sources and methods in order to come up with an answer that is classified. But we're working as hard as we can to keep things at the lowest possible classification level. And in some cases, completely unclassified with commercial source being the only thing we're using. And uh, I think you and, and others, we've all seen DNI Haynes talking about the overclassification problem and that this is actually one of those great benefits of using commercial sources to help overcome that. Right. And, and you know, I understand this is something that you're also uh, tackling through the Commercial Space Council, which, which you chair. How has that been going so far, working with your partners on the other agencies who are on that council? Well, I think that's been a very positive experience, mostly because it takes some time to actually develop the interagency network of actors and the sort of the Rolodex, so to speak, to really have people that you, you talk to on a routine basis who have their finger on the pulse of that agency or that organization and can speak with some authority in that regard. And so now we put all those people together and we formed working groups to move out, provide that policy and strategy advice to the DNI when it comes to working with promoting our U.S. space industry, but also maintaining national security. And so I think we're focused pretty closely on a couple of things. One is ensuring that the conditions exist for the U.S. space industry to thrive in a responsible way and in partnership with national security interests. So a lot of that has been about changing regulatory policy, opening up new markets for things like on-orbit servicing and manufacturing without keeping those in very tight controlled channels. Uh, the second thing we're we're looking at, how do we increase information sharing across the space domain where everyone should be operating commercially, internationally, and in our national interests? So we're working on the intelligence community's aspect and role in bringing uh, commercial space situational awareness data, both to the classified community um, and the DOD community, but also to Department of Commerce who's maintaining a repository for that to do space traffic management. 
And then third, I would say we're we're working on better information sharing between industry and government when it comes to threats and behaviors in the space environment. And so we want to be very good and have sort of reflex actions available to us to share information on threats to the domain and also to understand, you know, what behaviors are acceptable for a commercial company or for an international actor on orbit. And we need to start coalescing around what is normal and what are those standards of behavior so that a commercial company doesn't accidentally start some type of diplomatic process that we that we wouldn't want to happen. So we're um, setting up a space industry advisory board that will bring some of the uh, leading experts and in in actors in the space industry um, in to talk to you know, our commercial space council and, and the DNI. Um, because we recognize we have to have these conversations with industry leaders and not just be government folks talking about industry. You know, this is truly um, intended to be a partnership between industry and government. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, and the industry advisory board, when do you see that coming together? And will that function as, you know, uh, just a typical federal advisory board, but specific to this commercial space council? It should function as a as a typical advisory board. And we see that coming together later this year. We will be calling for nominations through the different industry associations and organizations so that we get a good representation of commercial space actors that can come in and and talk about their unique challenges and risks and opportunities. And if there's anything the intelligence community can do differently to help both allow the space industry to thrive, but also partner for national security, we want to understand that landscape. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the Commercial Space Council has been around for a little over a year. You mentioned one of the big issues is how to make it you know, easier for the commercial space industry to thrive and how to, how to partner better with them as the intelligence community looking at regulations and things like that. Do you have any early sense of where that conversation is at now and where it goes from here on either deregulation or modifying things just to make it a better partnership? Yes, we've swung the pendulum on on regulation in terms of commercial remote sensing. That's what I, where I'm very familiar in that we used to tightly control commercial remote sensing and only allow them to sell certain capabilities on the commercial market. And we restricted those capabilities for international sales because of concerns about what bad actors may or may not be able to do with that data. But as the global competition has grown and there are so many competing companies in other nations now that it are just as good as U.S. companies in some cases uh, may have better performance in certain areas. I think our entire federal government recognized we were not helping ourselves with that form of regulation. So in 2020, we changed it to track what was available in the foreign commercial remote sensing markets and ensure that a U.S. company could sell the same type of data openly in the market. Now, That's basically saying U.S. companies can compete at the same level as a foreign company. And that was a great step, and it changed an entire mindset for our regulatory process. But I've been promoting now going the next step. And the next step is saying, okay, we need to provide ourselves in the U.S. with a margin of allowing U.S. technology to get better than 
what's available in the global market and be allowed to sell that at a better than foreign capability openly on the market so that we have the opportunity to grow the space economy and improve our market resilience in that regard. Right, because there are regulations now that essentially restrict the the level to which you know a U.S. imagery provider could sell something, the level of sophistication they could sell to a foreign buyer. Right. Right, and companies they have a choice of where they incorporate themselves and operate, and so if they're not able to sell the best technology that they want to put on orbit and sell those services from a U.S. base of operations, they could easily go overseas and get licensed there to to sell something. So. We're very attuned to the global nature of this competition and the fact that we want to make the United States the flag of choice for all commercial remote sensing operators. And so far, I think we've been able to show that we're committed to that outcome. There are companies that have been able to get um, world-leading licenses, I guess, for very high-resolution electro-optical and radar imaging that hasn't happened in the past. And so these have sort of been headline-grabbing licenses. And you wouldn't think of somebody getting their regulatory NOAA license as something newsworthy. In this case, it it actually is. Um, You know, I know we're up at time. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to discuss? I did want to talk briefly about how we partner with new startups or companies that don't normally do business with the U.S. government or the DOD or the intelligence community. So we, we have been deliberately looking for new entrants into the commercial geoint arena and actively trying to help them come into our sphere, I guess, and be able to provide their goods and services to the government. So we talked a little bit about this last time, but one of the tools we've used to start those relationships is something called a bailment agreement. And it's a a no cost agreement between two parties. And what we do is we will literally take some of their capabilities or product, uh, we'll take ownership of it so that we can evaluate it at no cost and then give it back to them. But once we've done that evaluation and we've signed into an agreement, we have a a relationship with these companies that then grows. And over time, we expect them to be able to provide or propose products or services that would definitely meet our needs. And, And so now I think we've gone through the whole process of having groups of new companies on these bailment agreements to the point where some of those companies are now on contract providing us operational services. So we're proud of that fact and we're um, continuing to do more and more bailment agreements with more companies. And in um, 2021, we did a dozen bailment agreements. And I think that's sort of what we're on pace to do every year is to keep bringing in new new actors into this uh, competitive space and ensure that we can get the types of services we need to satisfy mission. That's Dave Gothier, Director of Commercial and Business Operations at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, describing the many ways NGA is trying to build a better partnership with the commercial space industry. I'm your host, Justin Doubleday. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Inside the IC. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your podcast feed. Search for Inside the IC on Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.